0: Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening and reading along with me. We are on chapter 46 in A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Chapter 46. In 10 more minutes, announced Francie, it will be 1917. Francie and her brother were sitting side by side with their stockinged feet inside the oven of the kitchen range. Mama, who had given strict orders to be called five minutes before midnight, was resting on her bed. I have a feeling, continued Francie, that 1917 will be more important than any year we've ever had. You say that about every year, claimed Neely. First, 1915 was going to be the most important, then 1916, and now 1917. But it will be important. For one thing, in 1917, I'll be 16 for real instead of just in the office. And other important things have started already. The landlord's putting in wires. In a few weeks, we'll have electricity instead of gas. Suits me. Then he's going to rip out these stoves and put in steam heat. Gee, I'll miss this old stove. Remember how in olden times, two years ago, I used to sit on the stove and I used to be afraid you'd catch on fire. I feel like sitting on the stove right now. Go ahead. He sat on the surface farthest away from the firebox. It was pleasantly warm, but not hot. Remember, Francie went on, how we did our examples on this hearthstone and the time Papa got us a real blackboard eraser and then the stone was like the blackboard in school, only laying down? Yeah, that was a long time ago. But look, you can't claim 1917's going to be important because we'll have electricity and steam heat. Other flats have had em for years, but that's nothing important. The important thing about this year is that we'll get into the war. When? Soon. Next week. Next month. How do you know? I read the papers every day, brother. Two hundred of them. Oh boy. I hope it lasts till I'm old enough to join the Navy. Who's joining the Navy? They looked around, startled. Mama was standing in the bedroom doorway. We're just talking, Mama, explained Francie. You forgot to call me, said Mama reproachfully, and I thought I heard a whistle. It must be New Year's now. Francie threw open the window. It was a frosty night without a wind. All was still. Across the yards, the backs of the houses were dark and brooding. As they stood at the window, they heard the joyous peal of a church bell. Then other bell sounds tumbled over the first pealing. Whistles came in. A siren shrieked. Darkened windows banged open. Tin horns were added to the cacophony. cacophony. Someone fired off a blank cartridge. There were shouts and catcalls. Nineteen seventeen. The sounds died away, and the air was filled with waiting. Someone started to sing. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? The Nolans picked up the song. One by one the neighbors joined in and they all sang. But as they sang, something disquieting came among them. A group of Germans were singing around. The German words crowded into Old Langsine. Ja, das ist ein Gartenhaus, Gartenhaus, Gartenhaus. Ach du Schoens, ach du Schoens, ach du Schoens Gartenhaus. Someone shouted, Shut up, you lousy heinies! In answer, the German song swelled mightily and drowned out Auld Lang Syne. In retaliation, the Irish shouted a parody of a song across the dark backyards. ya ja, das is a goddamned song, goddamned song, goddamned song. Oh, do lousy, oh, do lousy, oh, do lousy heinie song windows could be heard shutting as the jews and italians withdrew leaving the fight to the germans and irish the germans sang last year and more voices came in until they killed the parody even as they had killed all lang syne the germans won they finished their interminable rounds in shouting triumph francie shivered i don't like germans she said they're so so persistent when they want something and they've always got to be ahead. Once more, the night was quiet. Francie grabbed her mother and Neely. All together now, she ordered. The three of them leaned out of the window and shouted, Happy New Year, everybody! An instant of silence. Then out of the dark, a thick Irish brogue shouted, Happy New Year, yous Nolans!" Now who could that be? puzzled Katie. Happy New Year, you dirty Irish Mick! Neely screamed back. Mama clapped her hand over his mouth and pulled him away while Francie slammed the window down. All three of them were laughing hysterically. Now you did it, gasped Francie, laughing so hard she cried. He knows who we are and he'll come around here and fight. F- fight! fight gurgled katie so weak from laughing she had to hold on to the table who who was it old man o'brien last week he cursed me out of his yard the dirty irish hush said mama you know you know that whatever you do when the new year starts you'll do all year "'And you don't want to go around saying dirty Irish mick like a broken record, do you?' said Francie. "'Besides, you're a mick yourself.' "'You too,' accused Neely. "'We're all Irish except Mama, and I'm Irish by marriage,' she said. "'Well, do us Irish drink a toast on New Year's Eve or don't we?' demanded Francie. "'Of course,' said Mama. "'I'll mix us a drink.' McGarity had given the Nolans a bottle of fine old brandy for Christmas. Now Katie poured a small jiggerful of it into each of the three tall glasses. She filled the rest of each glass with beaten egg and milk mixed with a little sugar. She grated nutmeg and sprinkled it on the top. Her hands were steady as she worked, although she considered this drinking tonight as something crucial. She worried constantly that the children might have inherited the Nolan love of drink. She had tried to come to an attitude about liquor in the family. She felt that if she preached against it, the children, unpredictable individualists that they were, might consider drinking forbidden and fascinating. On the other hand, if she made light of it, they might consider drunkenness a natural thing. She decided neither to make nothing of it nor much of it, to proceed as though drinking was no more or less than something to be moderately indulged in at seasonal times. Well, New Year's was such a time. She handed each a glass. A lot depended on their reactions. What do we drink to? asked Francie. To a hope, said Katie a hope that our family will always be together the way it is tonight. Wait, said Francie, get Lori so she's together with us too. Katie got the patient sleeping baby out of her crib and carried her into the warm kitchen. Lori opened her eyes, lifted her head and showed two teeth in a befuddled smile. Then her head went down on Katie's shoulder and she was asleep again now said francie holding up her glass to being together always they clinked glasses and drank neely tasted his drink frowned and said he'd rather have plain milk he poured the drink down the sink and filled another glass with cold milk katie watched worried as francie drained her glass it's good francie said pretty good but not half as good as a vanilla ice cream soda. What am I worrying about? sang Katie inwardly. After all, there is much Romilly as Nolan, and we Romalies are not drinking people. Neely, let's go up on the roof, said Francie impulsively, and see how the whole world looks at the beginning of a year. Okay, he agreed. Put your shoes on first, ordered Mama, and your coats. They climbed the shaky wooden ladder. Neely pushed the opening aside and they were on the roof. The night was heady and frosty. There was no wind and the air was cold and still. The stars were brilliant and hung low in the sky. There were so many stars that their light made the sky a deep cobalt blue. There wasn't a moon but the starlight served better than moonlight. Francie stood on tiptoe and stretched her arms wide. Oh, I want to hold it all, she cried. I want to hold the way the night is, cold without wind, and the way the stars are so near and shiny. I want to hold all of it tight until it hollers out, let me go, let me go. Don't stand so near the edge, said Neely uneasily. You might fall off the roof. I need someone, thought Francie desperately. I need someone. I need to hold somebody close. And I need more than this holding. I need somebody to understand how I feel at a time like now. And the understanding must be part of the holding. I love Mama and Neely and Lori, but I need someone to love in a different way from the way I love them. If I talked to mama about it, she'd say, yes, well, when you get that feeling, don't linger in dark hallways with the boys. She'd worry too, thinking I was going to be the way Sissy used to be. But it isn't an Aunt Sissy thing, because there's this understanding that I want almost more than I want the holding. If I told Sissy or Evie, they'd talk the same as mama. Although Sissy was married at 14 and Evie at 16 Mama was the was only a girl when she married but they've forgotten and they'd tell me I was too young to be having such ideas I'm young maybe in just being 15 but I'm older in those years in some things but there is no one but there is no one for me to hold and no one to understand maybe someday someday neely if you had to die wouldn't it be wonderful to die now while you believed that everything was perfect the way this night is perfect you know what asked neely no what you're drunk from that milk punch that's what she clenched her hands and advanced on him don't you say that don't you ever say that He backed away, frightened at her fierceness. That, that, that's all right, he stammered. I was drunk myself once. She lost her anger and curiosity. Were you, Neely, honest? Yeah. One of the fellers had some bottles of beer and we went down the cellar and drank it. I drank two bottles and got drunk. What did it feel like? Well, first the whole world turned upside down, then everything was like... You know those cardboard toots you buy for a penny, and you look in the small end and turn the big end and the pieces of colored paper keep falling around, and they never fall around the same way twice? Mostly though I was very dizzy. Afterwards I vomited. Then I've been drunk too, admitted Francie. On beer? No. Last spring, in McCarran's Park, I saw a tulip for the first time in my life. How'd you know if it it was a tulip if you'd never seen one? I'd seen pictures. Well, when I looked at it, the way it was growing and how the leaves were and how purely red the petals were, with yellow inside, the world turned upside down and everything went around like the colors in a kaleidoscope, like you said. I was so dizzy I had to sit on a park bench. Did you throw up, too? No, she answered. And I've got that same feeling here on this roof tonight, and I know it's not the milk punch. Gee. She remembered something. Mama tested us when she gave us that milk punch. I know it. Poor Mama, said Neely. But she doesn't have to worry about me. I'll never get drunk again, because I don't like to throw up. And she doesn't have to worry about me, either. I don't need to drink to get drunk. I can get drunk on things like the tulip. And this night. I guess it is a swell night, agreed Neely. It's so still and bright. Almost holy. She waited. If Papa were here with her now neely sang silent night holy night all is calm all is bright he's just like papa she thought happily she looked out over brooklyn the starlight half revealed half concealed she looked out over the flat roofs uneven in height broken once in a while by a slanting roof from a house left over from older times, the chimney pots on the roofs, and on some the shadowing looming of pigeon coats, sometimes faintly heard the sleepy cooing of pigeons, the twin spires of the church, remotely brooding over the dark tenements, and at the end of their street the great bridge that threw itself like a sigh across the East River and was lost, lost on the other shore, the dark East River beneath the bridge, and far away, the misty grey skyline of New York, looking like a city cut from cardboard. There's no place, there's no other place like it, Francie said, like what? Brooklyn it's a magic city and it isn't real. It's just like any other place. It isn't. I go to New York every day and New York's not the same. I went to Bayonne once to see a girl from the office who was homesick and Bayonne isn't the same. It's mysterious here in Brooklyn. It's like, yes, like a dream. The houses and streets don't seem real. Neither do the people. They're real enough. The way they fight and holler at each other and the way they're poor and dirty too. But it's like a dream of being poor and fighting. They don't really feel these things. It's like it's all happening in a dream. Brooklyn is no different from any other place, said Neely firmly. It's only your imagination makes it different. But that's all right, he added magnanimously, as long as it makes you feel so happy. Neely, so much like Mama, so much like Papa, the best of each in Neely. She loved her brother. She wanted to put her arms around him and kiss him, but he was like Mama. He hated people to be demonstrative. If she tried to kiss him, he'd get mad and push her away. So she held out her hand instead. Happy New Year, Neely. The same to you. They shook hands solemnly.